Hi and welcome to What's Next. I'm Therese, your host, and today I'm very happy to welcome KH Studio, a young architecture office from Oslo. I'm super excited for the interview, so let's get started. Okay, hi Kaspar, hi Henrik. I'm Hello. super happy having you on the show. Thank hi. you for hi. taking the time. Thank you. And before we start you with too. the actual interview, Please introduce yourself. So we are Casper uh, Sando and Henrik Gersta, and uh, we both grew up in a in a small place called Nøtterøy. It's a coastal suburban area south of Oslo. And in 2016, we we founded Cage Studio during our studies, and has been running it since. Uh, and we focus on creating an architecture that continues to explore the relationship between nature and humanity while constantly uh, working through an artistic and innovative approach. Uh, and we also have uh, some different backgrounds where Casper grew up in a, a family that were very interested in, in sports. Uh, and, uh, and myself, I grew up in a family that was very interested in, um, in culture and, and art. So, so this somehow creates a good balance in, in our way of working and, and thinking. Um, and also from a young age, we were inspired by the strong uh, Scandinavian tradition of housing and also uh, Scandinavian materials like, like wood, for instance, uh, and where we both enjoyed and the rough nature and, and spent a lot of time interacting with it. Yes, I saw your paintings on Instagram. Oh, thank It's you. It's really impressive. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get back to it later. <laughs> In general, we start the interview with some warm-up questions about yourself. So the first question would be, architect, always been your dream job? Yes, yeah, so Henrik and I, we've been studying and uh, knowing each other for a long time, already since uh, primary school, where we shared many of the same ideas. So before deciding uh, what kind of field we wanted to study within, Uh, we also had a big impact uh, on each other and was uh, lucky to get into the architecture school at a young oh, age wow. uh, of 18. So then I moved to yeah, I moved to, to Dublin and studied at the Dublin School of Architecture, where Henrik moved to Copenhagen and started at the Royal Danish Academy. And uh, then on the second year, I did a, did a transfer uh, to Copenhagen, where I was then in the same class as Henrik. So that's somehow where we started to work together and found out that we want to be architects and we were already done quite a good team, I have to say. And also through the years, uh, Henrik also gathered some experience from studying abroad, uh, also on the Rhode Island School of Design in Providence in the United States, also at the TU Delft in the Netherlands. And also then he collaborated with the OMA official for metropolitan architecture in New York in 2018 and then later on uh, with a Norwegian firm called Jensen Skadvin in oh, Oslo. Wow, impressive. And so a lot of traveling going on. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's been a bit back and forth and I think it was very good experience and uh, we are very happy uh, to be inside the field mm -hmm. we are at the moment. 
So uh, no artistic yes. studies for you, Henrik, even though you have yeah, such I, a great passion for art. Yeah, I do, but I also think it's something that uh, is very easy to combine. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's sort of the same in a way. Um, but also, I had this uh, exchange, as Casper uh, told you about this exchange to yeah. Rhode Island School of Design, uh, and here I was able to do some art courses too. Um, so there, I really learned uh, the balance between art and architecture, and I, I think it's very important to to mo- to to see the the art and and the or the artistic approach in architecture. Um, so so you yeah, both... I'm, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm still doing doing art and mostly mostly paintings, but also uh, sculptures. And I I find like sculptures is is more like something between like the, the more the visual paintings and and uh, architecture itself so I kind of constantly try to combine those things and i also try to 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 uh, bring my knowledge in art into our architecture and our projects um yeah mm-hmm. understandable so you both recommend a lot of traveling and getting more experience of other perspectives. Definitely. I think it's very important to see different cultures, uh, get to know different people, and also the experience myself. I was lucky to have some work experience from Zurich, where I worked in a smaller office mm-hmm. called Art Studio. We made a lot of private housing and luxury housing around the lake of Zurich. And at the moment, I'm working also for the OMA, Office of Metropolitan Architecture in Rotterdam. And it's uh, it's very intriguing and interesting to get to know the different people. And you learn a lot about architecture in, in that okay. way. Um, next question. If you could learn or wish for a skill overnight, what would you wish for? Which skill? Yeah, uh, a great skill to develop overnight would maybe be knowledge, and especially then in materials, which I think is uh, fundamental for architects to really understand the the life cycle of material and how we built more efficient for a sustainable future and uh, urban. Interesting. Planning. A lot of people say, um, "I would like to fly," or I don't know. <laughs> Um, do some magic, but you would like to get more knowledge of materials. <laughs> yeah, I think it requires many years, and uh, in that sense, I think it would be it's a great skill to to get overnight. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and last one, your favorite hobby besides architecture, or is architecture yeah, yeah, no, a hobby? No, no, no I, I think I think for us is is uh, as we also told you that we we have lived uh, a lot of different places so of course we're really into like uh, traveling and exploring new places um, and also exploring new new buildings uh, and also for myself I'm also visiting a lot of museums um, especially during my time in, in New York I, I really enjoyed looking at new exhibitions uh, around in the city uh, and of course of course also meet uh, new interesting people um, and I, I would also say you, you learn a lot about architecture from from the outside uh, and I also think that we architects 
we often forget that we're designing for everybody, not not just uh, architects. Um, mm -hmm. So and 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 also there's a lot of interesting events to attend to. Um, so we we architects always tries to find a balance between art and uh, buildings. Uh, and it's also how we can combine and reflect all these topics. That's that's very important for us. Uh, and I would also s say that we meet uh, most of our clients and collaborations through uh, events and and contacts uh, in our network. So super interesting. You are a really young architecture office. You founded in two thousand sixteen. Can you describe your first steps in becoming self-employed? Yeah, indeed, as uh, we're not too old. And as I said, we already started the established KH student in 2016, where we were both students at the, the Royal Danish Academy at the time with the age of uh, 20. And uh, there was a point when we started to do a lot of uh, competitions also outside from uh, the studies. Uh, and therefore, we decided to start up the KH. It's been very inspiring and also very, we learned a lot uh, from an early stage. And we gained uh, some work experience from different offices around in Europe and the United States. And we're still trying to get uh, as much as possible experience before we'd like to start up KH uh, at a full base, and not only with freelance as we do at the moment. Uh, and because of mm -hmm. the pandemic in the mind, We decided to wait another year or maybe two uh, before coming 100% self-employed. And I think the key thing is when you start for yourself uh, and the point where you really decide to do it is when you have enough projects that uh, runs and pay uh, your salary. And we always try to create architecture with a very bold statement and to find collaborative studios that are open to do this and work uh, Uh, collaborative for the future so you work on a freelance basis right do you have a permanent position besides your work for your own studio in in some office meaning a 40 hour week it's been a bit back and forth so in zurich uh, we work freelance like 50 50 where we were allowed to work uh, with the kh studio And then also doing collaborations with the company that I worked for, uh, which is called Art Studio. At the moment, I work uh, full-time in uh, Rotterdam. Uh, and then we try as much as possible to work uh, beside. Also, it <laughs> became many late nights, I have to say. Yeah, and it's also an office where yeah. you work on a very high pace. So uh, it's very time-consuming, I have to say. And how does um, this collaboration process look like? You do design proposals for a certain competition, or how does that look like? So, so from uh, lately, it's it's been uh, mainly um, uh, open uh, competitions, uh, but also smaller uh, work, uh, especially around in Norway, uh, like small cabins and stuff, uh, and also uh, some bigger ones. So, so the range between the scale, it's it's. It's quite big, too, uh, I have to say. Mm -hmm. And where did you find your first clients or did they find you? Yeah, at events and, and ah, yeah. through, in our network. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think 
I think the the first project we really did was a couple of years ago. It was um, it was a pavilion for a family member. Um, so I, I think from that point we we, we started to do uh, do yeah do projects. I would say. That's a really exciting path you walk on. And uh, <laughs> it is. It's like the total dream path for every yeah, so, architecture student. But 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 back then as well, then we did this project while we were students. Uh, so so was, uh, we we've been quite busy the past years and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you do a design proposal, how does your design process look like? How do you start? Maybe you can describe the process with an example of your latest works. Lang- yeah, I, I mean, Langofa. I mean, did I say it right? Uh, say again. Lang. Lang. I think I would first say that. Uh, I mean, during years of studying, you you really develop a design process, and and everyone gets gets their own. Um, and as we also to- told you earlier, Casper and I are lucky to know each other from a very early age, uh, and this is very important for our cooperation. So we have always been uh, found on model making, uh, understanding the context and and also the situation to build in, uh, not only the, the scale and topography, but also uh, the place uh, landmarks and, and the history to the place. Um, and fundamentally is keeping what is already important to the context and, and rather highlight it uh, than, than actually building on it. Um, and it's also fascinating to, to think about how we humans experience the world through our surroundings and also how a material can evoke different memories for different people. And, you know, people live in and spend most of their time in buildings, so we experience architecture as uh, something that are hard or soft, heavy or light, or hot or cold. Uh, so I think that's that's like the, the base and, and what we do in our process mostly. And yeah. Is there a set of rules that you stick to if in your design process? Or do you have to let go any kind of rules to totally free your mind? I think it's a balance between everything. Of course, we we have this uh, this habit, so a way of doing things. But it's also important to to keep this artistic, uh, more open approach to a project too. Uh, but it, it also depends a lot from project to project. Uh, I have to say. I think it's also a lot about, let's say, if you do collaborations, it's uh, much bigger teams, and it's uh, almost too many minds uh, <laughs> into one project where everyone would like to say something. And uh, as we know, architects have very strong and independent thoughts. But uh, working together, this is, uh, I would say, a very strong uh, thing Henrik and I have together because we know each other quite well. It uh, flows uh, very well in the beginning of the process and we agree on most of the things, which is then different when you work uh, on a bigger team. That's super rare to find. This one person that you can easily work with. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very true. It's also strange. Henrik and I, we've known each other for over 15 years. So it's a bit rare and yeah, we're very super lucky. happy. <laughs> um, please tell me something about your latest work. It's a beautiful project called 
Langoya? Langoja? How, how do you yeah, say it? So this uh, Langoja is... Yeah, so we know we have this weird... Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, ah. But Langoja is uh, translated into English. It's the Long Island. It's, uh, it's an island in the fjord of Oslo. And this is a research project that uh, Henry got and I did um, last year. And yeah, as you said, you can see it online on our webpage or Instagram or uh, whatsoever. And I would say it's a very interesting uh, story. And it's, uh, it's a very, uh, what to say, on time uh, to work in this kind of research project. Because the island has been isolated from the public for more than 100 years because of its industry. And now with the project, we try to, to tell the three different stories that's been happening over the time. Where the past will try to create a new destinations for the visitors, which I think is very interesting because it's been closed for over 100 years. Overlooking the old limestone quarries. The present will focus on the landfill and toxic waste with a research center. And the future will frame uh, an old quarry with the uh, subtle objects in the landscape. So it's a bit different to explain, of course, when you can't really show the project. But uh, this is a project we decided to pick up and, uh, and do because uh, it's very much described in the news in Norway. And it was this beautiful island uh, in the 1800s where uh, it was residential, some people lived on the island, and then the re industry really took over uh, uh, the whole island where it became these limestone quarries. So, of course, the people had to move. And then in the end, we had uh, it was taken out uh, 10 million tons oh, wow. of uh, stone. And you had these big holes on the island, which you couldn't just leave behind. So it's a Norwegian company who, who bought the island and uh, they started to fill it up with the toxic waste uh, importing from uh, all over the Europe, uh, Greece, uh, in Ireland, uh, all the Scandinavian uh, countries, also from Germany, and really start to fill this up. And then in the end, they just locked it with some clay and earth and uh, it will just be left like this. Okay. I... It's really impressive, but I still have the question, how do you guys manage your doing this kind of project, this work, and also working for an office that's not yours? How do you manage your time? Do you work on the weekends or a late night? You have to be or very... How do you do that? Both. You, Both. <laughs> you never sleep. <laughs> No, no, we do. I think it's just about being yeah. organized. And very, you have to have a, it's a full calendar and we are very organized, uh, both of us. And now it's a bit different, of course, because we live uh, on two different locations. But then again, we know each other very well. So it's very easy to work and handle and just uh, keep updated on each other. But it's, yes. uh, it's definitely a lot of but work. But it's really impressive. I think it's, it's, a, Yeah, thanks. I think it's a good time and uh, all this experience you gain now before, uh, like, let's say, settle down and start up. I think it's a very good and important mm -hmm. experience to have. Let's have a look into the future. Where are we going relating artificial intelligence? 
Um, I, I think the technology is really developing a fast pace and we have to keep up to date, uh, of course. Um, so we have experience both in the analog and the technical studies, uh, and especially at the first year uh, at the school, we, we were doing a lot of this analog uh, thing um, before like exploring and, and working on computers. Um, the way of designing and developing projects is, is changing. Uh, but we we believe as as architects that uh, we need to keep the importance of the analog sketching and, and model making because it's a very powerful tool and very creative and I think the the process is uh, requires uh, this kind of analog studies. Um, but and the, on the other hand, we work with the newest programs and and also producing a lot of renders and uh, visualizations. So of our projects um, and today maybe the, the renders have become too realistic uh, and sometimes you can you can fake the reality mm-hmm. um, so for us architects to still have our uh, own way of exploring and developing it's important uh, that it won't take over uh, at least for the next decades I would say Yes, I can relate to that. First year of university, hand drawings were like required. Um, would you say that most schools and universities are a little behind and not progressive enough in terms of preparing their students for the future work life? No, I think they make it uh, rather clear uh, as, as we, you start with this analog sketching and, and hand drawing and then then of course you, you get these lectures uh, with uh, with these powerful tools like uh, like BIM software and and uh, and three uh, D modeling programs. Uh, so I I think it also depends from from school to school, of course. Um, do you already work with BIM, or are you in the process to do so? We're we're in the process, still learning. I have to say. So. Mm. Uh, and with what? Uh, CAD program do you draw? Revit, Archicad. Um, I, I, we have experience with with both, but uh, but uh, mostly Archicad. So with the with the BIM, it's mostly then uh, Archicad, of course, because you can work uh, bigger teams in the same file today, which is mm-hmm. uh, very very good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it comes a bit more maybe into the next uh, question. Yes, uh, but we also right. have to put in uh, <laughs> because. Uh, because mainly we're we're using Rhino, um, ah. because it's personally I think it's a very playful uh, tool and it has a lot of uh, capacity in the way of designing. Um, so definitely in the in the process and, and like to to try out different uh, models and, and shapes, uh, we really use a lot of Rhino. Um, yeah. Yes. Revit would be way too complicated to just do some, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> some <right>. sketches. <laughs> yeah, I I think this is yes. Yeah, so I just want to add like you work with Rhino to develop because it's much easier to work with the shapes, and then it's important to for the end result to work with the Revit yes. or either Archicad when it's like somehow a solid project. That's true. Uh, we have a lot of problems with Revit. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so complicated. Oh god! How do you imagine the future living and working space? Um, 
I think we all have to experience how important home is, uh, especially these days uh, in the in the pandemics. Um, instead of always uh, thinking about minimal living, I, I think it's uh, changing to more like you can say flexible living, uh, where the home is also a big part of our daily work. Uh, and I also read an article from C- CNN Business uh, recently where where the big banks introduced that they will reduce their office space and cost with uh, as much as 40%. Uh, and they say they will introduce, introduce this uh, hybrid working. Uh, and I, also, I think this is the future. So the post-COVID future for companies is hybrid work a model that combines remote work and office time. But yeah. it's not just the combination of home and office work. It tends to include more freedom around when to work as well as where to work. Yeah. Um, is that also your philosophy for your studio? Yeah, I, I think it's very important to make this flexible buildings uh, so you're able to to, to use... use uh, spatial uh, rooms for different pro- proportions um so yeah in germany uh, is still a strong presence culture going on how is that in oslo it's 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 still as people still go to jobs but they also uh, want people to work from home to to reduce the infection of course but uh But I think it's very important to, to get up and to go to actual office space so too. Uh, but I think in the future, maybe you can work a couple of days uh, during week from home. Uh, so it's, it's more like a balanced uh, week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so n- no physical presence might be required for orientations, team building and project kickoffs, but not necessarily for other work right yeah i think it's it's very important like in the start phase of projects it's very important to gather and be together uh, but otherwise you work very dynamic and uh, you can work from home and from different location and also i think this is works very well for architects uh, and we used to travel a lot which is of course a bit harder but in that sense i think uh, like a balance of this hybrid uh, solution is uh, it's very the future, I would say, uh, some days off and on from the And office. Regarding the current situation, will there still be future building tasks for large public gatherings, meaning universities, colleges, concert halls, museums? I mean, we, we think there is always a need for uh, large public places. Uh, there will be more need of dividing the large spaces into smaller temporary rooms, uh, for example, uh, with flexible and removable walls. So any sort will be necessary or a necessary architecture element and a feature we will see in the future. Uh, so we always have to build for the future. And how can we, for example design a concert hall or a church buildings that mainly live through their atmosphere when we have to divide the large the large space uh, that's into a good smaller qu- spaces that, that's it that's definitely a good question but but maybe maybe these spaces or these spaces need to be even larger in a way uh, so they can 
then they can have even more people in there uh, and keep distance from seat to seat. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a a problem. Oh, we just everybody has just those Oculus Rift glasses <laughs> and sits in their home and just looks <laughs> through their glasses yeah, to the that, museum. That would also be sad, I think. But, uh... Is it time for social rethinking in terms of our social living? I think we believe that our architecture can uh, help develop new ways of thinking the social life and social rethinking, uh, like flexible architecture with the spatial solutions, but also work in a much more urban focus. Um, because as we know, the pandemic uh, and the enforced distancing has uh, in fact highlighted our initiate need for human contact and our drive to care for each other. Where cities have often been criticized uh, for somehow having this lack of distance and isolation. And like over the years, I've heard also now with the pandemics, the neighborhoods, they help out with each other and it feels like a much safer place. We use the, the urban, the public spaces much more. And this makes also the people living in the dense city uh, less isolated. And also, as we architects, we, we work a lot. It's very time-consuming. And after many years in the field, it has also become a, a lifestyle where it uh, requires long working hours and you always have to be somehow uh, present. We are also very ambitious and motivated to reach our goals and therefore we work a lot uh, also in bigger and smaller projects. And uh, we also make space and time for doing uh, other stuff, uh, of course, beside work, this is also important. And I think we will gain lots of uh, inspiration and knowledge entering both uh, different working uh, associates and uh, both national and international competitions uh, where we definitely have to, you know, think of the new social rethinking and develop that with, our, with this in our mind. Do you know the movie Ready Player One? It's a science fiction movie where no. <laughs> everybody sits home alone and they try to escape their own horrible life through their virtual reality entertainment um, thing called Oasis. And everybody creates an avatar and so they play in this entertainment world called Oasis. Mm -hmm. So you don't see that for us. <laughs> let's, let's hope not. <laughs> okay. No, uh, it depends. Uh, what's the future? What's uh, how long uh, would you say? What's the future? Is it in ten years, hundred years, in a thousand years? I think within within our time, this is in the not next, what's going to happen. In the next happen. fifty years, uh, not what's, at all. What's going to happen? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say, especially not with the okay. HR. Um, what is architecture for you personally? Uh, architecture forms life. And uh, it's a lifestyle. And what lifestyle do you mean by that? The lifestyle of an architect we all have in mind or the reality <laughs> that we sit there and work all day and all night? 
No, it's true, but I, I think you really have to love uh, what you're doing, uh, and like architecture, and you always have to be present. Somehow you, you dream architecture, you always think architecture, you walk around in the city, you see somehow solutions uh, everywhere uh, and uh, nowhere. <laughs> it's really like this. But it's really you being an architect, uh, especially for, let's say, I can say us, it's you really always think about it and uh, you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, you have to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what's the next project you're going to work on? No, so it's, together. Do you already it's, have it's, it's, something uh, in mind? Or? It's actually a landscape uh, hotel. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. A yeah, hotel. landscape hotel. It's uh, we're like a, like a mm. hub um, with some shared facilities and a restaurant, uh, I think, and then then some smaller uh, cabins divided into into the landscape uh, in Norway, actually. Um, so I think it's a very interesting project. We will start on very soon. There was already the last question. Thank you so much for being my guest. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It, it's been a pleasure. And I hope we, we stay in touch. Definitely. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Have a good evening. You too. You too. Ciao, ciao. So, that was my interview with KH Studio. It was such a pleasure meeting them, a young architecture office from Oslo. And I'm really excited what they are up to next. I hope you guys had as much fun as I had. And thank you for listening. Please leave a comment as always. And till next time on What's Next. Ciao, ciao.